This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. And this year, baby, it's Gay Wrath Month. <laughs> it's, things, things are getting wild, and it's not about pride. It's about wrath now. <laughs> oh, is that my turn? Yeah. Am I going? Okay. My name is Michael Willer. I'm a chubby chaser, and... I'm feeling especially wrathful, I suppose. Uh-huh. <laughs> Feel my wrath? I don't know. Why is it Gay Wrath Month? Because things are getting harsh out there. Okay. I'm, I'm, we're going to be gayer. We're going to be angrier. It's not. It's flames. Flames. Rainbow flames. Side of my head. Yeah. Flames on the side of my face. Hey there, my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am ready for wrath. Let's do okay, it. Okay, well, good. Let's, there's let's two bring of us. the wrath, boys. My goodness. Well, I don't know wrath, but I'm sure they're very nice. Uh, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And um, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I can tell you, having been married to the fellow for quite some time, Trevor's wrath is nothing to be ignored. That's right. <laughs> nothing to burp at. <laughs> I've got it ready. Okay, <laughs> I thought I thought you were just about to do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll save the burp. Yeah, you got to save it. the burp for the right moment. You can't just start the show with it. No. Surprise burp! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. It's that chaotic second episode coming. of the day energy. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had lunch yet. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get into it. We Housekeeping, Patreon stuff. That's what it says in our outline, Patreon stuff. <laughs> I love the stuff of Patreon. Thank you, patrons on Patreon. Thank you, regular listeners. Why would we stuff Patreons? Look, they're into it. Okay. They signed yeah. up for That's it. Fair. They knew what they were getting themselves into. They needed stuffing done. Um, well, only if they sign up at the $50 a month level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys very much. Uh, thank you people very much for supporting us on Patreon. We, uh, we very much appreciate it, and we appreciate... Um, all the effort that you put into um, giving us money. <laughs> <laughs> we, we appreciate that effort yes. and that money. Yeah. Uh, we put it towards supporting. The, it all goes directly into producing the episodes. That's mm-hmm. Your yeah. money goes straight we, into editing we, costs. We, we even pay for our lunch out of pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine that. You know why, Don? Because there's no free lunch. Exactly. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> So as far as Patreon stuff, uh, we just uh, released a Chaser Chat episode uh, with me and Dan uh, talking about something I- incredibly enlightening and scintillating, which we haven't actually recorded yet at the time of this recording. So, <laughs> But I've heard from the fellow in my time machine that it is wonderful. It's probably quite good. I got to say, I'm looking at the booze supply that they've set up for it, and I, it's going to be an episode, boys. It's going to be an episode. I have all the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and also a reminder that we are a Big Fig affiliate, so if you are in need of a mattress and would like something that is worthy of your money and your girth, nah. your weight, uh, they... Uh, uh, we, you can find a link on our website, which helps out you to get a great mattress and helps out us as an affiliate. That's yeah. right. And Don has personally vouched for the Big Fig mattress's ability to I hold four people. Rigorously <laughs> testing with a large cast of volunteers. Um, <laughs> if you wish to be one of the volunteers, you can write us at Big Gay Pot. Why is it no, like that? No, no. Bigger no. slash Don. Exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, we could put people's profile names on our, anyway, probably yeah. maybe best not to share that. Don't do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we just got it. I say we slide right into it. Let's slide. get like a banana peel. We're going. <laughs> this is slipping down the hall. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I told you that was too much grease. But we, we make the landing and tip our hat. <laughs> it's jazzy every time. Yeah. I, love I love the second uh, we're episode starting of the off day. With a, we're starting off with a little sour. A uh, little, a little. Um, this, I thought getting this our was gay gonna, wrath ready. Oh dear, oh dear. We're a dear Abby, dear Abby. We we had a good dear somebody else. A I think few it's months ago. dear Abby. I I feel like dear Abby's usually pretty good about stuff, but this Not time, this time. Not so what time. happened? Mom concerned about daughter's future with morbidly obese boyfriend. Morbidly obese. Fuck you. Anyway. You know, because if you're not obese, you live forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we reading her whole letter? Or uh, no, we I think we should just it? summarize it. It's basically, you know, mom has, daughter has a fat boyfriend. She's seen him get fatter over the course of the relationship and is up in arms about his unhealthy lifestyle. And Even though Can apart- I just say... He, yeah. Apart she, from that, he's a prince. Yeah. Like, apart he treats that, her well. He's yeah. a genius. He has a great job. He's, <laughs> yeah. Everything's great about him except for his weight. She does. So here's the, so the thing that so she describes him as super morbidly obese and limited mobility. But then at the end, she also says that she thinks he is how many times her daughter's weight? Like four times. And so if her daughter's, I don't know, 125 pounds. I don't know. I was doing the math in my head like something about this doesn't track. But at any rate. I think it's highly likely the daughter is a chubby chaser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and or a, a feeder. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe. Maybe so. I, the, I bet the, the daughter seems perfectly happy yeah. and probably more than happy, titillated, thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> Just living her best <laughs> FA life, uh, FFA life. And her finding, probably finding out her mom's writing into Dear Abby. Yeah. And I think what's especially problematic is instead of a great response, which was be like, shut the fuck up. Your daughter's happy. He's a great guy. (gasps) That is not the response that Dear Abby gives. I I didn't see the second half behind the ad break. Yeah. So what Dear Dear Abby says is, wow, this is a, basically, you're right. This is an issue and make sure your daughter doesn't get pulled down with him. And by the way, estate planning would be wise since how long will he be around? Jesus, that's that's the part I tripped on. I can't believe. Oh, it's amazing. The only thing I appreciated about the response is like, she's like, you discussed this once. Yeah. Mm. Which and then shut the fuck. Yeah, up. And, and I think that and, I, and like, come on. Does the daughter not know this? Is there not enough fat phobia just in the ambient air yeah. not to know this stuff? That like, oh, you know, if I didn't tell her it was a terrible idea, she'd never know. <laughs> Mom walks in the door. You know he's fat. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god, you're right. I never knew. Thank you so much, Mom. I my know. love blinders have been on yeah. this whole time. <laughs> yeah, the, the the one mom talks about love blinders. Yeah. I think the thing that like gets me the most about any time. Someone's like, you know, me saying you're fat and you're going to die is going to be the thing that it. you needed. Yeah. It's it's the perfect <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. It is good. This is they have never heard that before. Or they've only heard it a thousand times. And and what I'm going to contribute is the thousand and one that's going to put it over. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, every fat person has a little intern, internal barometer thing. You mean, a clock? You mean like an odometer? Like yeah. Uh, internal odometer. Yeah. 
of until the times. until the fourth digit flips, I yeah. can't hear what you're saying. I can't hear it. Yeah, it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> they're just they're just waiting for that and for it to roll over and like, oh my god, I, I mean, I'm fat. The thing is, I you know I would recommend estate planning for anybody. Yes, at any I, time. But not because like, well, it's really only important because, you know, obviously they're fat going to die. Yeah. Well, and like, As opposed to the thin daughter who could never die or will only die, you know, at, at afterwards. Like she could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I mean, I would say the important thing about um, estate planning for fat people is there's so many more barriers because of fat phobia that it is so much harder to. Well, I think you're talking about burial or estate planning. Um, I mean, estate. Life insurance, burial, thinking about medical directive stuff, because there are all of these things are contaminated with fat phobia where, you know, like you have to think about, okay, if you want traditional burial, you need a bigger coffin, you need a bigger plot, cremation, some crematoriums won't take fat bodies because they have this bizarre thing that they think, you know, even though they're in the industry, they have misconceptions that like fat people are going to melt in burn down the funeral home. What? I, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, he's not making that up. The thing, the thing is though, that both members of the couple need this Yeah. because although the thin person may have some great default options to fall back on because you know, the industry is used to that. It still doesn't answer questions like medical directives. It still doesn't answer questions like, uh, is there, what about if there's any money, is it all going to the spouse? Is there going to be any, like there's a lot of other questions that has nothing to do with weight. Yeah. You should answer. Um, fat people can get life insurance. It's, oh, of course. Well, just because it's there, a lot. There, a lot of plans will not give plans to fat people. So, like, if, if someone has been trying to get a plan, maybe through work or something, and oh, okay. it was rejected, there are options. It just there are less. Yeah, options. and when I say of course, it means like it is available, but it may not be like for thin people where where you can yeah. get it off the off a TV commercial. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I remember like before Obamacare, like if you were a fat person trying to get health insurance, Oof. like. It was not kind. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. But anyway, this is a, I mean, this is taking a terrible situation and making it into a productive topic. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, I was very disappointed in Abby. Not so dear. Mm-hmm. No. I was going to say, I, I expect better. And by the way, this is yeah. not Abigail Van Buren for anybody who remembers the original Dear Abby. This is simply someone else taking yeah. on the column. Oh, still called Dear Abby. I'm going to take yeah. it over and it's going to be Dear Flabby. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Glamour Magazine, talking about the wonderful, the talented, the beautiful Lizzo. Miss Lizzo. She's also, not buying weight loss culture that encourages escaping fatness, and you shouldn't either. No. Do fat people work out to lose weight? Maybe sometimes. Do they have to be? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a, an article in Glamour. It makes the point that when you see a fat person in the gym, you shouldn't assume that they're there to lose weight because, number one, people have different reasons for being in the gym, and two, mm. losing weight is not the same as fitness. Right, mm-hmm. and health. And yeah, yeah, you just, it gets conflated. So anyway, uh, Lizzo uh, stitch, which means that she recorded a reply on the end of a different TikToker. uh, And I'm going to try and pronounce this handle. Tifria Grande? Tifria? Tifria? Anyway, Tifria Grande addressed the experiences of fat people in the fitness world, specifically judgments from onlookers who assume their only fitness goal is to lose weight. And then Lizzo tacked onto this, basically amplified the signal (laughs) and said, absolutely, this is the case. Go girl. And here's what I think about it. Um, Which is always helpful because... You know, sometimes 
sometimes you just got to like repeat the message for the people in the back mm-hmm. who didn't hear you. Well, and it's funny because it is, there is a default assumption about that. And then it falls in two different categories. We've talked about this before where you have the people of like, oh, those, those disgusting fat people are in our gym. They should just lose weight. Like, but I thought you wanted them to lose weight. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you have the other, the patronizing sort who are like, good for you. Oh, it's so good. Great. You're doing something about how disgusted I am. <laughs> you're gonna lose that weight <laughs> you can do it clap emojis yeah uh none of that none of that gym etiquette people just do your thing and get out of there you, you don't have to you don't have to comment on other people's bodies we've said this before mm-hmm. yeah don't do it well and you know it's it is it, it, there is this thing because if i go up to a muscular guy and i say wow you look great that hits differently than if I go up to a fat person in a gym and say, wow, you look great. Mm. There's, there's, it's, it's going to hit different. I mean, this is kind of back what you were talking about last yeah. episode, Don, where like it, you hear it differently because of the context of society. Yeah. It's also the way it's delivered. So last time I was, so this is a bit of a tangent. Last time I was in a gym, I remember getting a compliment from, uh, I th- I'm, I'm assuming it was a, uh, fitness trainer that was probably mm-hmm. trying to hit me up for some classes or something. Uh, but saying like, yeah, good progress. I see you drop in a lot of pounds there, <clears> man. And <throat> like, that's not okay, fine. And so I didn't react well to that because he interrupted my workout. <laughs> I'm wasn't there for any sort of interaction, etc. Right. As opposed to that, um, I was stopped once by a janitor at the Griffith observatory. Oh, I remember the story. Yeah. Um, who, Stopped me after my hike. I got to the top and I was walking around the observatory and just taking a breath and looking at the view. And the the janitor said to me, hey, you know, I, I see you just hiking up that hill like all the time. And like, I just want to say, like, you're making really good time. Like, damn, like, I, I wish I could do that. And like, that was such a more of a genuine compliment. Like that meant something to me. Like, like it, it, it wasn't say you're getting thinner, you're getting more fit. It's just yeah. you're accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. Well, like, look at that. It's, you know? it's, and, and this comes from, if you're, if you're a gym person like I am, you know that there's a difference between, let's say, bodybuilding and, and performance training. Like you're training mm-hmm. for a sport or you're training to be able to, like the, the guy who plays soccer who's in the gym to play better soccer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And whatever that means doing in the gym. So what I, the distinction I would make there, because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people going like, well, what's the difference? The difference that I'm hearing is that in the stare compliment, they're complimenting a performance. Yeah. It's absolutely performance. And that person could be of any size Mm -hmm. that they're complimenting. They're complimenting a performance that you have gotten faster in your time up those stairs, which is different than, oh, I've noticed that you're a lot thinner. Yeah. Yeah. Without, and that's not performance mm-hmm. that's right and he's assuming that that person that you would have that goal yeah and whatever my reasons are for walking up to griffith observatory he can see that i am making strides towards a goal i have made for myself yeah for because, whatever the reason because yeah, you're yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you're going up those stairs a lot yeah. <laughs> i don't know i know i appreciate comments about my performance versus like you look thinner or like you're looking so yeah. long and lean <laughs> and confident. Right. So mm-hmm. in the, it's the difference in the gym between like, wow, you know, you're, you're really, you're really lifting a lot of weight there mm-hmm. rather than like, oh, wow, you don't look nearly as fat with more muscle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am stronger and I'm not going to have to throw you out the window because you complimented my strength. <laughs> Which incidentally is a great workout. <laughs> 
Uh, I think that's uh, that's on the that's on the Russian team. Well, thanks, Lizzo, for uh, keeping it going, keeping it fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, spotlighting people you'd like that are <laughs> spotlighting people who you want to amplify their messages of, and using your platform to do that. Yay! <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> well, I think. Uh, we had a little, a little break, a little snack, <laughs> and I think we're ready to glide on into Fat Watch. Ooh. Oh, God, that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> I think my volume, my headset volume knob got bumped. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not just any Fat Watch. It's a Fat Watch. Rewind. <laughs> We're going back to the, the Naffin Chronicles, the old Naffin newsletters. Oh, way back in July time. 1989. I was like two months old. <clears throat> <clears throat> I was not born But we yet. weren't dating yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's still a few months away. <laughs> there was a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, stuff about mail fraud, <laughs> uh, achievement awards. But I specifically wanted to talk about, um, there was a little article in here Um by, uh, called uh, by Avery Ray Coulter from California, called "Youth Sounds Off," and it is a a young fat admirer mm-hmm. talking about um, the lack of youth in the fat rights movement. Ha! Huh. Interesting. And and lack of youth and lack of youth community. Yes. <clears throat> like specific, like knowing because you know the the whole point was. I mean, I guess there's other you know young people in the movement around, but they're all in you know New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. And it would be great if, you know, if, if we exist, if we're out there, let's all get together. Let's hang out. Let's have a good time. Let's support each other. Let's invade the schools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> word choice. I would love a follow up with this person to find out. That would be amazing. Yeah. If they found it. <laughs> but I like the, I, like the whole point of like, you know, saying like we need to like create these support systems earlier because, you know, by the time most people have found kind of the fat acceptance movement, they've already been gotten to by the diet industry and all these other uh, really negative groups. For me, I think the really, truly wonderful and remarkable thing about this is this is a fat admirer who is a straight guy Mm -hmm. who is concerned that there's not enough fat rights going on. <laughs> that is, I mean, because one of the big and justified concerns is that too many chubby chasers want nothing to do with fat lib. They just want mm-hmm. fat bodies mm-hmm. for their own amusement. And this is, this is kind of like, wow, it really already was somebody back then, you know, back, you know, back when, when you were just uh, da, 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 like two da, months da, da. old. Yeah. Um, what I, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know, there's something nostalgic <laughs> and yet importantly new about it. It's, and it's the other thing that you see so often in, rights communities, people looking for equality and equity and inclusion, is that on the one hand, it seems like we have been saying the same thing for decades and it feels like nothing has changed. And on the other hand, yes, a lot of things have changed, but you keep hearing the same, when you look back in time, they were saying the same thing then that we're saying now. What, what, did nothing happen? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I really love that this is a chaser speaking up for fat rights. That's yeah. incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And wanting to create community for, yes. for other chasers and, and not exclusively for other, you know, other uh, fat admirers and chasers. But I mean, that's, as we have talked about, chasers don't talk to each other. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically. I was so, going to say, every time I hear someone talking about f- uh, rights for fat people or equality for the fat, 
it does always seem to be coming from a fat person. And while I appreciate that, and like we should be extolling our own, our own message, it would be nice to have somebody like this that is as visible, you know, standing with us. Well, and I think what I, you know, he talks about like trying to get to FAs early in their sexual careers, you know, quote unquote careers. Um, and I think that's so important because I think there are so many chasers, FAs, whatever, who identify this part of themselves early on, but find out that like, okay, I can't talk about this. This is not accepted. You oh, know, completely this is not accepted. This yeah. is like, I will just try to bury this as deep as I can and it will never, ever come out. <laughs> <laughs> Last episode, we talked about, you know, the guys who are afraid to go on dates in public and yeah. it's because it's, it's still not accepted. And I, I like seeing that there was this, you know, cry for community and helping people early on so long ago, but it's like, it's, and it has gotten better, but it's like, but mm. not a lot. <laughs> yeah. It could be a lot better. Um, I would love, I don't know if Avery's still poking around what he's up to, but Avery, if you're out there, if you happen to, if anyone this, knows him, if there's any chance, if it's possible that Avery could know that we're still talking about his, his letter. Today. Oh, weird. I started typing it into Facebook and it uh, like auto suggested him. Oh, oh. I found him. <gasps> we should write him. I'm going to send him a friend request. Ooh. I don't know. The plot so, thickens. <laughs> well, who knows? We may have a follow-up on this one in the future. Yeah, I just love... <laughs> Stay tuned. I still am trying to find... Um, I have some people who are willing to help me find the the female fat admirer from our other... Oh, from rewind. a couple episodes, But yeah. speaking to this, like, I would actually love to speak to some senior members of our community to talk about the, you know, the founding when they were there. Yeah. There's actually a, a very senior member who I think in one of my, like, readings for watch rewind stuff charlie brown oh who i think is like an early like founder of some of the girth and mirth stuff it's not that charlie brown michael i'm sorry my brain went to a bad place oh <laughs> never mind uh, also just i check out this full um issue of the old national newsletter just because like there's there's more stuff about kids there's stuff um you know th this was youth sounds off but there's also i fat youth talking about how awful gym class is. Mm. Uh, and then um, that there's like, at this time, like, hey, there's a new uh, catalog for clothing for fat kids. Oh. Um, which is exciting to see. But as Is we there talk, one now? Um, no. We talked about that a, a couple episodes ago. About, like, <laughs> there's, you know, a dearth of fashion for fat kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um, check it out. Educate yourself. Learn from our history and uh, make some history. <laughs> which I think moves us nicely into our main topic, which we will make history with as well. Yeah. How's <laughs> that for a seg? What, it's something. <laughs> Once again, we have a, a listener, but th thank you listeners, people yeah. for writing us in. Uh, we don't put all of them on the show. Uh, sometimes it's just more conversational, but the ones like these that are like really just like story based, like mm -hmm. if you have a story to share, man, mm -hmm. they're fun to talk about. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we love talking about your trauma, so thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, so David writes in, they, them, uh, hey boys, I've been listening since episode one and haven't missed an episode yet. Well, thank you. That's a lot of dedication. Hey. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for the show. It's completely changed my relationship with my body. After the discussion of chasers who freeze up in the bedroom last episode, I wanted to ask about a hookup I had a couple weeks ago. 
I'm a super chub, and I got a grinder message from one morning from a gorgeous guy. Imagine Jesse Williams and take me out, but very tattooed. I don't, I don't know either of those things, but I'm imagining. Handsome musical theater. No, musical theater? Musical theater. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly actor. Yeah, he, he looks like he would play the bad boy types. Okay. The information he volunteered for me was that he was single, had mostly been with cis women, and also some trans women, but he said I was his first guy. I'm non-binary, but more or less present as male. So I feel pretty comfortable with the idea of him being into me as a curvy femme guy. When I got to his place, he had the TV blasting and he shushed me if I spoke above a whisper. That felt to me like he really wanted to, me to be kept a secret. Mm. At the same time, at the same time, he kept repeating himself about how he couldn't believe I was there and my presence seemed to genuinely be blowing his mind. Okay. He started out strong, but did eventually get to a point of just laying on his back on the bed while I worked on him. This sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Don is having flashbacks right now. Um, but, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, laying his back on the bed while I worked on him, basically giving no feedback outside of being rock hard. Yeah. W you know, which is not really giving anything. It's just the visual <laughs> representation of what's happened. Anyway, uh, at some point, he told me to stop because he was getting too close and he still wanted to go a step further. This will be important later. Yeah. So we cuddled for a while. That turned into him looking for porn that he was into on his phone so he could tell me what he wanted to do to me. He mentioned some pretty niche kinks that I'm interested in exploring, exploring, but haven't had the right person to explore with, so it felt like we could be a really good match sexually. He was using gay BBW as search terms, which, quick tangent here. Yes. <laughs> when I read this, I shrieked with delight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, on, came down from upstairs like, what's wrong, honey? <laughs> on our Google Analytics, gay BBW is the top term Number of one. how people find us. Gay BBW takes people to our website, or the people who go to our website are searching that primarily. Yes. So interesting. Because they usually don't know the word chub chaser. I yep. think that, yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, he was using gay BBW as search terms, so I taught him the words chub and chaser and pointed him towards Baker City. It was a long cuddle, something like 90 minutes, and even so, he had to stop me from playing with him a few times, even gently and absentmindedly, because he said he was so turned on. Eventually, he seemed ready for my ass, so I ducked out of the room for a minute, and when I came back, he was snorting a line of coke. Mm. And here we take our left turn. Yeah. <laughs> he offered me some coke or poppers, which I declined. He also had a can of air for huffing. Oh, no. So mm. including the weed smell that potentially brought the substance count, substance count up to four. Drugs aren't my thing, and I have a zero experience with chem sex, but I was really into him, and it seemed potentially harmless, so I was willing to look past it. I think I was sort of rationalizing that he perhaps needed some courage because he was out of his comfort zone. We tried it, but it became clear that he wasn't able to stay hard, which I guess, according to Google, could have been because of the cocaine. Yes, very common. <laughs> Probably. <clears throat> very common. Um, he also took a couple of breaks from me to do more coke, which each time felt like it took ages. All said, the sex didn't do much for me, and looking back, he really didn't explore my body much at all. As I was leaving, I asked him if he had a good time, and he said he really enjoyed himself, which <laughs> felt genuine, but I left with a lot of mixed feelings. Some part of me feels like if we had stopped at the cuddling, I would have for sure hit him up again to discuss kinky stuff. I guess my question is, does this feel more to you guys like this guy is a chaser working on figuring himself out, or he's a straight guy who wanted some, someone to worship him? Should I bother trying to figure out what's up with him and communicate boundaries around drugs for next time? Neither of us have reached out to each other since, so I'm biasing toward letting this one go, but it does simultaneously feel like there's both a lot of potential and also red flags. Any advice in picking this all apart? Thanks, David. 
Oh, why, yes. Yes, I have tons to say. Holy moly. So <laughs> there's a I mean, lot there, David. David, thank, thank you, you for writing us. For this, um, and I'm I'm sorry, and I, what do we want to unpack first? Boy, um, there's, well, first I, off, I, I need to say you're not alone. Yeah, this you're, is you're so not the common. only one who's had this experience. This is so common just in the sense of whether it's, like Don was saying before, the, the, so what do you call it? Chaser lock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the chaser freeze. Chaser freeze. Uh, and the drug use and the sort of, is this experimentation? I will say, just to take it off the board, this does not sound like a straight man who is looking to be worshipped. Yeah. There are yeah. far easier Absolutely. ways to get that done. Yeah, this, I would agree. It is not that yeah. at all. Uh, this is absolutely a chaser who can't deal with who they are or what they yeah. are or however you want to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, let's start there. Yeah. I, I will also say, I don't... So I have encountered a certain gentleman in the community who had told me that he had never been with a guy before. And then I found out from other members of the community that like, oh no, that's like a, he, he has, cause that. I've been with him and like, it's a whole like fan, like he has a fantasy okay. around like, I've never done this before. Hmm. So I, th- and I think that actually is kind of like a kink of like role play as like. Sure. But it doesn't change the basic fact yeah. that this person is extremely right. uncomfortable with who and what they are. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that may not, it may actually, may or may not have anything to do with fatness. It could just be a gay thing, straight up. Yeah. Maybe. You know, but I well, I'm just saying there's lots of reasons, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes. In, in yeah. the abstract. Yeah. I think in this particular case, yeah. uh, fatness is absolutely involved. Yeah. Well, he definitely wanted to be there from uh, what. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the, when the pop up thing on the turkey is up, the turkey's done. Yeah. That's you, all, know, you know, the thing with guys is because of that turkey <laughs> baster, you know, the body doesn't lie. Yeah. 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 People can say whatever they want, but the body doesn't. Well, lie. and mm-hmm. just the idea that when they were cuddling, just sort of casually playing with the guy's dick was almost about to make him come just from that. That's come on. And what's really critical here and what, what why I said before, this will be important later. He doesn't want to come. And to me, that's sort of mm. bifurcates mm. this. He doesn't want to I come. know where you're going. Well, there's two things that are possible here. One reason he wouldn't want to come is because that would make him gay. Interesting. Oh, yeah. That would make him gay because then he'd enjoy it. And no, that's mm-hmm. possible. Do I think that's the most likely? No. The other possibility is that coming will, as, as a lot of guys know and some women know, that will break the fantasy. Yeah. And all those feelings of guilt yep. and, and self-loathing will come rushing back like a rain of bricks. That's my thought. In the seconds after orgasm. That's yeah. really interesting. That's, and that's, I, that was a whiff on me. And I, I have definitely, I have been with so, or not been with, but heard from so many chasers and, mm. and, and some gainers, for example, who like do not like to come because of what it feels like right afterwards. Yeah, mm. uh, I've been with guys, I, I, I tell the story in my book of someone who he had to rush out as soon as we were done with sex. I said, no, let's stay, let's cuddle, what's up? He's like, no, no. And I found out later that, yeah, because he went to his car and started crying right after we had sex. What's, I was with someone who did that too. Every time he came, he always started crying. Yeah. Um, and like, not like, you know, <laughs> it was like heaving. Wow gusts of sobbing and and, and, you know take the context like is this someone who usually they don't want if it's shame they usually do not want to do that in front of someone Hmm. so it's usually an exit or their other strategy is as we see here like i'll just not come 
Yeah, and or escape into dr- heavy drug use, or yeah. having a drug use. Yeah, like if you're because this wasn't just like a line of cocaine and let's let's have fun. This was repeatedly like I need to get so high to keep going. Here. And let's mm. talk about that. So, this is more common in the gay community on crystal meth. Uh, I can see where you know a guy who identifies as straight might be more with cocaine because not necessarily, but it's like I don't know. In my experience, this is usually crystal meth, not coke. Okay, but. What happens with any stimulant is, number one, because it's a vasoconstrictor, it, it makes getting hard and coming much harder. Okay. But number two, something like a really powerful drug like crystal meth, for example, and to some extent cocaine, why, part of why it works because of the dopamine release is that it focuses you right now. And the benefit of that, it's not like the Zen now. It's the, I have no guilt of the past and no fear of the future. Okay. And so if you can't deal with what, if you can't deal with the context of who you are, like, oh my God, this makes me gay. Oh my God, I must be a chubby chaser. Oh my Mm -hmm. God, whatever. The drug will take that away because all there is, is hard pounding now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I mean, that's, and that tracks with, with the previous assessment of, you know, not wanting to come if you, if you don't want to cross that threshold. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's your biggest fear, then whatever else it is that you can do to avoid even thinking about that, yeah. absolutely, that's gonna, they're going to do it. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of the time, like, there's been times I've been with guys and, like, I don't know what they're on, mm-hmm. but I know they're on something. And it's because it's, like, and there's there was one guy who was like, "Where are you right yeah. now?" Yeah, yeah. Because like you're not here, and like I just don't. Like, and I shut it down because I'm like, I just don't. I don't know where you are, and like I don't. I like the whole point of this was to be with you, and I just, yeah. I'm not getting that. Like, mm-hmm. I think so. We, we had talked in our call prior to this about the idea of surprise drug use. Mm. because, you know, David walks into the room, has the, an mm-hmm. initial good experience, and then, bam, drugs are on the table, literally. That's, to me, that is, that's not just a red flag. That is a flag on the field. We are done. <laughs> yeah. I am, uh, abort, abort, I am abort. leaving, abort. and if, if, yeah. if we're in my apartment, you may be leaving either for, through the front door or the window. Either Defenestration, way. it comes back. <laughs> that's yeah. my gift to you. <laughs> it's a throwback to two, uh, cutting room floor two weeks ago. You're very welcome, Patreon. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Um, yeah, I'm in the And, I'm and in not the just boat. because I'm alarmed that there is now drug use going on in my space, but the fact that you would break that big a social more without talking to me, without alerting me that this could happen, that you were planning on doing this, you did it as soon as I left the room, that sets off every trust issue I've got. You know, For and, me, it's, I get to the same place, but not through that conduit. For me, it's about, for this person, a line of cocaine is not breaking a social more. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, I'm not here to judge anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to do your coke, you do your coke. But that says something about how we're going to relate to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not going to be doing cocaine with you, uh, that's going to create sort of a asymmetricality, to put it mildly. <laughs> and you see, because the thing about like, oh, drug use. Well, what drug do you mean? Because yeah. it's, a, it's not that it's, I don't mean like it's a slippery slope, like you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. But just, do you have that reaction if they bring out a marijuana cigarette? <laughs> Is it different than if they brought out a bong or a water bong? Mm. Is it different than if they brought out uh, poppers? Is it different if they brought out uh, crystal meth? Is it different if they brought out heroin? Is it different if they brought out cigarettes, tobacco? Like, uh, or I've been with, like, I, I was, uh, I came home with a guy. Or ecstasy. I came with, or ecstasy. I came home with a guy who's like, um, can I have a glass? I'm like, excuse me? He's like, you know, a glass, can we have a glass? 
And what he meant was he wanted a shot of spirits, like mm. not just beer. He wanted something like, you know, whiskey. And it, it just seemed to me an odd request for someone who just come through the door. Yeah. And knowing that we're going to go upstairs. I mean, we'd already, mm. and it's not like it was knock, knock, knock sex. It was, we had just come from like lunch or dinner. Oh. But what he wanted first was some whiskey. Yeah. And what I will do is I'll just say, oh, no, let's just go up. Mm. And here's my rationale for it. For me, I'm not, I'm, more, I'm concerned with the intimacy. That's, that's primary for me. And so the drug use has two things for me. If it's a drug that I also do and will participate on in that level, then that makes sense. And that just, then that's sort of like, okay, we, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And I drink alcohol. But I said no to that in the time because I don't want anything to impair intimacy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want somebody high. If you want to have high sex, that's great. That's you. I don't want that because I really need, it, it kind of messes up my radar. Because especially when I'm with a guy, I need to be a good listener for what they want. And, and so alcohol or drug use can get in the way of my listening for them. Hmm. Because now I have to listen through the filter of, oh, they're on something. So how do I take it? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate on the alcohol. And I don't have any experience with anything besides, you know, pot edibles. So I can't speak to the drug side of things. But w- with alcohol for me specifically, there, there was a long period of time where being just a little bit buzzed and I'm not talking about drunk. I'm certainly not talking about sloppy drunk, which is a whole mm-hmm. other thing you have to deal with if you're mm-hmm. with somebody, but just being a little bit buzzed for me as somebody who has spent most of his life, uh, very much in my own head to, to like unable to kind of be present because everything's being analyzed. Having that shut down by a buzz is incredibly liberating. And I'm oftentimes, historically have been able to be more freely intimate because of that. Mm -hmm. Now, I will also say that was because, you know, those experiences were with people that I didn't have kind of existing either like relationships with, like that doesn't, that doesn't apply to people I've dated. Mm -hmm. That was more for like the hookup world. Yeah. Um, But that I found helpful. Well, and I would say that in the hookup world, someone asking for a shot of whiskey, we were like, yeah, sure. Here you go. For me, what, what's at stake there is I really want, I, I need to be present for that, mm-hmm. uh, especially for doing a scene, if there's any sort of kink scene involved. I need him fully present so that I can read him better. Mm-hmm. I just think I would feel weird if someone was like, can I have a shot of whiskey before? Well, that's why he said a glass. And I, was, I needed that interpreted <laughs> like a glass. <laughs> that's, no, that's not clear either. Yeah. For me, I, I, the, the fact of asking and you know, uh, and accepting the declining of the of the ask, mm-hmm. to me that makes the entire interaction perfectly acceptable. Oh uh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For me, the issue is okay. Like we're making out. I go to the bathroom. I come back, and you're halfway through a bottle of whiskey. Oh. <laughs> we, yeah. Then we have issues. You know, but point if taken, I come taken. back and you say like, you know, I might want a shot right now. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You have invited me to participate in something that I may decline. Right. Yeah. And you have asked if you may go to that state, whether, you know, in, as well, to just decide that our lovemaking is now going to be involving you under the influence and 
not oh, inquiring yeah. about me. That's my issue, not the actual use of the alternative. Well, to, to be fair, Don, the, the the person did offer the man did offer to share the drugs after he'd already done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a unilateral decision that was sort of retroactively yeah offered, and, and that because yeah. Because I don't want people to think that I'm just like no, 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 stodgy no. and boring no, and prudish no, yeah, and all point, this No, stuff. point yeah. taken, point taken. And it, it is that sort of, what you call the unilateral decision, I call the like, I need this or we cannot continue. So let's yeah. actually address the listener's question at the end of this. So they asked, how, how do we navigate the, the future with this person? Is oh, there yeah. a future with this person? I mean, are the red flags such that you just, drop it um is there anything worth pursuing with them person from for my money no yeah i um, i say like no absolutely not if, like, if you had great sex then yeah maybe you keep having great sex but it doesn't sound like that was yeah. the case if you left that situation with something that benefited you i would say yes but it sounds to me like there was nothing of benefit in this interaction and other than the flattery of someone this physically attractive deigning to do this in your presence rather than someone else's. Well, and mm-hmm. you know yeah. they're you know yeah they're 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 having a, they're they're a messed up puppy right now, and so it's sort With, of yeah. two questions. The I mean, other the the yeah 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 the, the, the coke guy the yeah. Joke, yeah. coke guy yeah. Because he's, he's just got all these chemical strategies for dealing with mm-hmm. who and what he is. Yeah, there is a narrow avenue that one could pursue this, but it's pretty narrow. <laughs> One is you'll notice that there's been no communication from the chaser. Like, it's not like, Oh, I had a great time or mm-hmm. geez, I feel really bad about how it ended. None of that. None it's just been that. zero, Nothing. which is to be expected given the setup. I mean, yeah. yeah. Communication and openness is clearly not this man's strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so mm, I wouldn't expect that if it did come, you could address it then if it didn't come. And again, this is really about how much want how much work and possibly danger do you want to put into this? Mm-hmm. Um, you could say, I had a great time with you up to this point. If you ever want to get together again without that, I'd be up for it. Period. Did, End of statement. My thing is like, did they though? The listener? Like, I, I think, I think it, so. I think there was opportunity and interest and I would have had a second date if this hadn't happened. I, I, I think that one thing you really have to consider before going back with someone like this is even before the drug use, blasting the TV and asking you to whisper. Oh, in his yeah. I mean, everything oh, about yeah. it. Everything, is about, like, it. everything this, about it. Yeah. That's beyond a red flag. Well, that's, that's why I said how much work yeah. you want to put in. Cause you're, yeah. you, you might be there at the point where you need to rehabilitate a drug addict. Are you up for that? Yeah. Like <laughs> you, once that door has been opened, it doesn't matter what boundaries you set going back to this person that is always going to be in the back of your head. And it's probably just going to turn into him doing the drugs before you arrive or in the bathroom, like secretly. Mm-hmm. Like th- that behavior is unlikely to change whether or not you set a boundary with him. I mean, yeah. Especially because he's shown that he doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. It's, yeah. there's just so many, it's the, you know, rehabilitating an addict, getting someone comfortable with being gay. It sounds like probably. Yeah. yeah. Getting them comfortable with being a chaser. Yeah. On top of that. And let's face it, all th- all of these things that you're describing are full-time issues to yeah. tackle. Yep. Which, you know. and, and the only thing I would throw out there, because this is a thing, if you, the listener, are, if, if there's a space in which all of those sort of repressions create a sort of fantasy excitement, oh. like if you don't care, yeah, then okay, maybe there's something there for you. But like, I would still put it in this box of like, that's all that's ever really going to be. And if that's fine, 
I have maybe met, go back. I have met many people who really like the idea of finding someone to fix. Well, yeah. no, not even that. I just mean like somebody walking into it like, you know, I will be treated like an object and that's hot to me. Yes, oh, I, I do. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. Especially I think the whole like straight boy, like oh, uh, this, like I am the forbidden fantasy. <laughs> you shall worship me and never know me again. Yeah. I shall. Yeah, but that's, no, that is, that is so not this chaser. No, it's not. It's, it's like, so like, not this chaser. It's, I think it's like the genie wish version of like that. <laughs> it's like, I'm wishing for that. And it's like, oh, this is the twisted reality. No, the, I think that. the attraction, if there is one, is that it is hyper masculine danger sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, personally I wouldn't necessarily pursue it. Now if you're if you're short for options <laughs> in your area, if this is a if- uh, get get to another area. <laughs> <laughs> I just no, no, no. Yeah. yeah never I, settle for this. Never it seems settle. not worth it. Yeah. I think there's nothing really worth it about it. It's just yeah. so like there's so many layers of like oof. The question and I always you're ask probably, is if, if this was happening to a friend of yours, would you be happy for them going after this guy and looking to... It depends how they were going after them. It's like Michael yeah. said, it's like, they are such a fucking man and it is so fucking scary. I love it. I'd be like, good, well, good. You know you got yeah. there. Yeah. And I know what you got there. And I agree. like, I would point the listener towards exactly what they wrote, which is you left that space feeling like you did, your body was not explored at all. Yeah. That and, is not going to change. And that's soon. not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's not worth it to you, given the rest of the experience, then don't. Yeah, it's don't like if that. you put in a tremendous amount of work, that might change in the future. But you know what? You cannot because it's gonna it's gonna turn into a project, <laughs> and and it God help you a relationship. No, it's not. Ooh. But the thing is, I guess what I mean by relationship is like a, a what I, what I call an entanglement. Oh yeah, you, like you're stuck in something like gum on a shoe. Uh, <laughs> um, but but, yeah, but my my point is that you cannot. Even in not this case, I'm talking like a, something that's a little rosier. You can't fall in love with someone's potential because yeah. that's not them. That's mm-hmm. that's your idea yeah. of what their potential yep. of. Yep, yep, yep. You can't fall in love with potential. This like ent- level of entanglement. It's like so in high school when I was in my goth phase, I had a pair of bondage pants, <laughs> which were these red, you know, kind of like straight leg pants with straps and like hooks. So they like it kind of was almost like you had suspenders hanging, but they were just on the legs and I wore them to school and I sat in a desk and then tried to get up from the desk (laughs) and the desk came with me. Yeah, that would be this relationship. I tried to have like like three people help untangle me. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And it got worse and then I just had to unhook the straps I'm like, I'm not just gonna, I'm just not gonna wear these. I thought this was gonna end in you having to take the pants off. No, I had just unhooked the straps. Okay. No, but I think there's, I think there's a brilliant visual for the kind of, entanglement <laughs> and not like this is a relationship, but it's called, I call it an entanglement mm-hmm. that people get themselves into where you need three friends to talk you down afterwards. Where yeah. You, yeah. You know, yeah. And you're stuck and you don't want to be stuck. And it was unpleasant, but I really like how they look on me. Like, stop it. And ultimately <laughs> all the power is in this chaser's hands to make this good or bad. Because you've yeah. given it away. Cause you've given it to them. You know, it's all in their court because you put it there. I feel like, yeah, whether or not you get involved with this guy and whether or not you want to, to begin with, you also need to know your own type. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. are you the kind of guy that can let go when someone proves to be harmful to you? 
If you're not, then you are setting yourself up to be crushed, possibly. Mm-hmm. I yeah, can't you tell know. you the number of chubs that I've talked to who, like I'll say, have you been with the chaser? And they'll go like, oh yeah. And I'm like, how was it? Because I want to know what they mean mm-hmm. by that. And I'll come to find out that what they mean by I've been with a chaser is they've had a number of super hot guys who let them suck them off. Uh, and I'm like, no, okay, that's not, not what we're going to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that you are never satisfied by that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blow your fucking mind that you will never go back to that because you know so much more is available. You're a giver. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's an injustice. Yeah. It's an absolute yeah, injustice. And Dan Oliverio, public service. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have to have sex. All right. <laughs> well, that seals it. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. And that's, that sense, but it's just that what I mean is that if you think that's all that's available, it is likely that you will keep seeking it out because you think that's yeah. all there mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? I know. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, like your, your analogy with, with, with like steak, Michael, if you think there are a lot of people who think they hate steak because you know, it always arrives like shoe leather. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. yeah. Yeah. You got to order something better. Yeah. yeah I think uh, that exists. Yeah. I mean, dear listener. So I think like we all vote nay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, this is a pretty firm no thanks. Unless you got a thing for like, you know, yeah. hyper-masculine danger sex. But for instance, like the whole life, it feels like the interest was in the like, oh, we have similar interests and similar kinks. I don't think, like, you have to be able to trust the person you're exploring those kinks yeah, with. Yeah, 100%. And, and you cannot trust this person. No. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would <laughs> Well, you can trust them to do what they did again. Yeah. <laughs> right, I guess that's, yeah. You can trust them in that you have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. Although, thanks to this letter, I'm desperate to pitch a new show called Hypermasculine Danger Sex. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would blow ratings mm-hmm. out of the water. Well, I think I that think is right for the Discovery Channel. Yeah. <laughs> Hypermasculine Danger Sex. All right. I want to write the theme song. Do Let's, we have a tip today? No tip. I don't think we have a tip <gasps> okay. today. But we got bits. We That's got all a bit, baby. Oops. Oops, all bits. Ooh, temples and bits. Do bit, you have bit, bits? Bit, Although bit, I don't know bit, where I put Where are Don's glasses? That's the bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go, so, go, go. Seeing as how we were doing an episode that involved cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, you know, it, to be clear, in the listener mail, not in our room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whoops. <laughs> so you brought a bear. Yes. <laughs> oh, so since people have been getting high for literally thousands of years, their arguments that civilization was actually founded around beer breweries and not religious centers. I this, love it. There are plenty of those theories. And really, now. are they different, Don? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so basically, humans may owe a lot of thanks to uh, the humble edible slash drinkable slash smokable slash nortable slash injectable. Holy moly. So today we're going to delve into the wonderful world of recreational uh, inebriants of various types. Okay. Okay. I brought, I brought my seatbelt. So, <laughs> well, we know how most of the podcast guys would react upon walking in on someone doing cocaine before sex now. But how would you <laughs> react if you walked in on someone doing nutmeg? That's right. People used to get high on nutmeg. It's, it's a weird idea now, but the fact remains that it is possible. It is possible. Interesting. Um, but how much exactly nutmeg would it take for you to feel the buzz? A fuck ton. For a, uh, a quote unquote <laughs> average sized human being. All right. One, one teaspoon. Two, two tablespoons. Three, 1.1 ounces, which is about one small store container of nutmeg okay, or six whole nutmegs, which would be about 1.7 ounces ground up. Uh, the tablespoons, the tablespoons. We got one for tablespoons. That's a lot of nutmeg still. Yeah. 
Like the cinnamon challenge is one tablespoon. Oh. <laughs> and is this just eating it? Yeah. Eating or somehow it. getting it into your body without, yeah. s- without okay. it rejecting it. Well, yeah. and you don't want to dilute it too much either with yeah, other exactly. food stuff. So. Then- I mean, I, I'll say the 1.1 ounces. Okay. That's a, that's a store container of it. Uh, store container of it. Yeah. That's just so much. It, it's either the store container or like all of them. All the nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's dark and tender. What the hell? Okay. In fact, the threshold is two tablespoons, right? Okay. Trevor. It doesn't take that much, <laughs> but Are you it's not, 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 it's not the most like satisfying high in the world. And, uh, I think it's compared to ayahuasca is the closest high. Really? So what? I believe so. I, really? I, because the chemical is the same. Mm, okay. I, that's, I, I've I think never done that, it. Not in what, that quantity. I think it's what they read. All right. Desomorphine is an injectable opioid derivative, is available all over the world, but it's most common in Russia and the Ukraine. And Ukraine. Uh, it's a terrible drug that does terrible things to its users. We are not advocating for this drug. But what we're focusing on here today is its street name and how it got it. What is desomorphine best known as? One, crocodile, because it gives its users scales and ulcers that look like reptile skin. Oh, fun. Two, Chernobyl blue, because it's blue and it makes all your hair fall out. Three, spinach, because it makes your forearms swell up like Popeyes. Mm-hmm. Or four, borscht, because it makes you smell like beets. All of the above. <laughs> um, I mean, I know crocodile thing, but I didn't think it made people scaly. I'm going to say crocodile just because I know it's a thing it's and disgusting. I would be curious to know if it makes people scaly. Okay. Sure, I'll go with Trevor because my husband's usually right. I do borscht. Borscht. The, the beat. Infl- All right. The correct answer is, in fact, crocodile. I knew it. Yeah. And it doesn't just make you scaly. It, it, I mean, it does make you scaly, but it literally eats away your flesh and can expose bone and... Oh, yeah, but, but Don, but Don, what's but, the downside? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Something a little closer to home. What popular alcoholic drink is made all around the world by just about every race, nation, or gender. Hint, I doubt anyone here has tried it, but we've all heard of it. Guess what it is based on, on the hints in each group. One guess per player, use any proper slang term for the drink. Okay, ingredients probably include one of the following. Apples, oranges, grapes, cherries. Uh, oh no, but you said that we have not likely had. You have most likely not had this. Okay, never mind. Hint two. Likely contains one of the following. Hard candy, sugar, high fructose corn syrup, artificial pancake syrup. (laughs) Shambord. (laughs) Equipment, hint three, equipment frequently used uh, to make this. A plastic bag, socks or towels. Well, buzz. Moonshine? Moonshine is one of the acceptable terms for this, but uh, the word we are looking for is officially pruno or prison wine Toilet wine, moonshine, or hooch, also known as bum wine. Oh, my. So this is the stuff they make in prisons. Yeah, not that. No, I haven't had that. That is absolutely not Uh, what I had in prison. And uh, (laughs) some of the ingredients frequently used for making it are also bread, ketchup, sauerkraut, and potato. Oh, God. And anything that will rot, people. Anything that will rot. Uh, but yeah, this is apparently one of the most f- uh, popular forms of alcohol in the world just because because anyone can make it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's the fun one. Ready? What recreational drug was listed on the world's oldest known prescription? An ancient tablet found from Sumeria written in 2100 BC. One, cannabis. 
also known as marijuana. Two, opium. Three, our old friend nutmeg. Or four, magic mushrooms. Mm. I'm going to say cannabis. Cannabis? We got one for cannabis. Mm. I've seen mushrooms. We got one for magic mushrooms? Because all you have to do is eat a mushroom. Isn't it? You don't have to process it. Yeah, you just... You just eat it. That's yeah. it. I think I you might have to dry it for it to really work well. Only to yeah. concentrate it. Yeah, but it's yeah. And yeah you can make the tea, but I think you could just eat one and it would yeah. it would hit you. I'm gonna go with mushrooms. Okay. Well, the uh, the actual prescription from this ancient tablet involves opium. Ah, um, opium has been known to relieve uh, for uh, pain for millennium. Uh, it's been used for sur- surgical anesthesia and recorded for several centuries. Uh, the Sumerian clay tablet. Uh, from 2100 BC is the earliest known, but uh, you can debate whether or not it was true opium then, but uh, by 1500 BC, it was already in wide usage across yeah, the ancient yeah. world. So listener, do you have a recommended sourcing spot for opium tea? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Where could they tell us about it, Trevor? FDA.gov, we got you. <laughs> Freeze. Um, no, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. It was five stars there, five stars everywhere. Patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Pod. Support us there. Minisodes, Cutting Room 4, all the things. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Um, maybe you're thinking of having some, some opium tea and you open <laughs> you open your teapot to put in the, the opium tea and it's like us. Rest is mice again. <laughs> and we, we bite your hand and we run off with the opium tea bags because drugs are bad. And so you you better watch out. <laughs> again? Yes, we're mice all the time. Sweet little rat boys. <laughs>